Chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees, to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go, and answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox falling into a pit, and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. Cyril, although our Lord knew the malice of the Pharisees, Yet he became their guest, that he might benefit by his words and miracles those who were present. Whence it follows, and it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees, to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him, to see whether he would despise the observance of the law, or do anything that was forbidden on the Sabbath day. When then a man with dropsy came in the midst of them, he rebukes by a question the insolence of the Pharisees, who wished to detect him. As it is said, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering, etc. Bede. When it is said that Jesus answered, there is a reference to the words which went before, and they watched him, for the Lord knew the thoughts of men. Theophylact. But by his question he exposes their folly, for while God blessed the Sabbath, they forbade to do good on the Sabbath. But that day which does not admit the works of good is accursed. Bede. But they who were asked are rightly silent, for they perceived that whatever they said would be against themselves. For if it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, why do they watch the Savior whether he would heal? If it is not lawful, why do they take care of their cattle on the Sabbath? Hence it follows, and they held their peace. Cyril. Disregarding then the snares of the Jews, he cures the dropsetical, who from fear of the Pharisees did not ask to be healed on account of the Sabbath, but only stood up, that when Jesus beheld him, he might have compassion on him and heal him. And the Lord, knowing this, asked not whether he wished to be made whole, but forthwith healed him. Hence it follows, and he took him and healed him and let him go, wherein our Lord took no thought not to offend the Pharisees, but only that he might benefit him who needed healing. For it becomes us, when a great good is the result, not to care if fools take offense. Cyril. But seeing the Pharisees awkwardly silent, Christ baffles their determined impudence by some important considerations. As it follows, And he answered and said unto them, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit, and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Theophylact. As though he said, If the law forbids to have mercy on the Sabbath day, have no care of thy son when in danger on the Sabbath day. But why speak I of a son, when thou dost not even neglect an ox, and if thou seest it in danger? Bede. By these words he so refutes his watchers, the Pharisees, as to condemn them also of covetousness, who in the deliverance of animals consult their own desire of wealth. How much more, then, ought Christ to deliver a man who is much better than cattle? Augustine. Now he has aptly compared the dropsetical man to an animal which has fallen into a ditch. 
for he is troubled by water, as he compared that woman who he spoke of as bound, whom he himself loosed to a beast which is let loose to be led to water. Bede. By a suitable example, then, he settles the question, showing that they violate the Sabbath by a work of covetousness, who contend that he does so by a work of charity. Hence it follows, and they could not answer him again to these things. Mystically, the dropsidical man is compared to him who is weighed down by an overflowing stream of carnal pleasures. For the disease of dropsy derives the name from a watery humor. Augustine. Or we rightly compare the dropsidical man to a covetous rich man. For, as the former, the more he increases in unnatural moisture, the greater his thirst. So also the other, the more abundant his riches, which he does not employ well, the more ardently he desires them. Gregory. Rightly then is the dropsidical man healed in the Pharisee's presence, for by the bodily infirmity of the one is expressed the mental disease of the other. Bede. In this example also, he well refers to the ox and the ass, so as to represent either the wise and the foolish, or both nations, that is, the Jew oppressed by the burden of the law, and the Gentile not subject to reason. For the Lord rescues from the pit of concupiscence all who are sunken therein. Verses 7-11 through 11. And he put forth the parable to those which were bidden, when he marked how they chose out of the chief rooms, saying unto them, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, nor let a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee, and come and stay to thee, give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher, then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Ambrose. First, the dropsidical man is cured, in whom the abundant discharges of the flesh crush down the powers of the soul, quench the ardor of the spirit. Next, humility is taught, when at the nuptial feast the desire of the highest place is forbidden. As it is said, and he spake, sit not down in the highest room. Cyril, for to rush forward hastily to honors which are not fitting to us, indicates rashness and casts a slur upon our actions. Hence it follows, lest a more honorable man than thou be invited, etc. Chrysostom, and so the seeker of honor obtained not that which he coveted, but suffered a defeat, busying himself how he might be loaded with honors is treated with dishonor, and because nothing is of so much worth as modesty, he leads his hearer to the opposite of this, not only forbidding him to seek the highest place, but bidding him search for the lowest, as it follows, and when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. Cyril, for if a man wishes not to be set before others, he obtains this honor according to the divine word, as it follows, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. In these words he does not harshly chide, but gently admonishes, for a word of advice is enough for the wise. And thus, for their humility, men are crowned with honors. As it follows, then shalt thou have worship. Basil, to take then the lowest place at a feast, according to our Lord's command, 
is becoming to every man. But again, to rush contentiously after this is to be condemned as a breach of order and cause of tumult, and a strife raised about it will place you on a level with those who dispute concerning the highest place. Wherefore, as our Lord here says, it becomes him who makes the feast to arrange the order of sitting down. Thus in patience and love should we mutually bear ourselves, following all things decently according to order, not for external appearance or public display. Nor should we seem to study or affect humility by violent contradiction, but rather gain it by condescension or by patience. For resistance or opposition is a far stronger token of pride than taking the first seat at meat when we obtain it by authority. Theophylact, now let no one deem the above precepts of Christ to be trifling and unworthy of sublimity and grandeur of the word of God. For you would not call him a merciful physician who professed to heal the gout, but refused to cure a scar on the finger or a toothache. Besides, how can that passion of vainglory appear slight, which moved or agitated those who sought the first seats? It became then the master of humility to cut off every branch of the bad root. But observe this also, that when the supper was ready, and the wretched guests were contending for precedency before the eyes of the Savior, there was a fit occasion for advice. Cyril, having shown therefore from so slight an example the degradation of the ambitious and the exaltation of humble-mindedness, he adds a great thing to a little, pronouncing a general sentence as it follows, for every one who exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. This is spoken according to the divine judgment, not after human experience, in which they who desire after glory obtain it, while others who humble themselves remain inglorious. Theophylact. Moreover, he is not to be respected in the end, nor by all men, who thrusts himself into honors, but while by some he is honored, by others he is disparaged, and sometimes even by the very men who outwardly honor him. Bede. But as the evangelist calls this admonition a parable, we must briefly examine what is its mystical meaning. Whoever being bidden has come to the marriage feast of Christ's church, being united to the members of the church by faith. Let him not exalt himself as higher than others by boasting of his merits, for he will have to give place to one more honorable who is bidden afterwards, seeing that he is overtaken by the activity of those who followed him, and with shame he occupies the lowest place. Now that knowing better things of the others, he brings low whatever high thoughts he once had of his own works. But a man sits in the lowest place according to that verse. The greater thou art, humble thyself in all things. But the Lord, when he cometh, whomsoever he shall find humble, blessing him with the name of friend, he will command him to go up higher. For whoever humbleth himself as a little child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But it is well said, Then shalt thou have glory, that thou mayest not begin to seek now what is kept for thee in the day. It may also be understood even in this life, for daily does God come to his marriage feast despising the proud, and often giving the humble such great gifts of his spirit, that the assembly of those who sit at meat, i.e. the faithful, glorify them in wonder. But in the general conclusion which is added, it is plainly declared that the preceding discourse of our Lord must be understood typically, 
For not everyone who exalts himself before man is abased, nor is he who humbleth himself in their sight exalted by them. But whoever exalteth himself because of his merits, the Lord shall bring low. And him who humbleth himself on account of his mercies shall he exalt. Verses 12-14 then said he also to them that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Theophylact the supper being composed of two parties, the invited and the inviter, and having already exhorted the invited to humility, he next rewards by his advice the inviter, regarding him against making a feast to gain the favor of men. Hence it is said, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends. Chrysostom, many are the sources from which friendships are made, leaving out all unlawful ones. We shall speak only of those which are natural and moral. The natural are, for instance, between father and son, brother and brother, and such like, which he meant, saying, nor thy brethren, nor thy kinsmen. The moral, when a man has become your guest or neighbor, and with reference to these, he says, nor thy neighbors. Bede. Brothers then and friends in the rich are not forbidden, as though it were a crime to entertain one another. But this, like all the other necessary intercourse among men, is shown to fail in meriting the reward of everlasting life. As it follows, lest perchance they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. He says not, and sin be committed against thee. And the like to this he speaks in another place. And if ye do good to those who are good to you, what thank have ye? There are, however, certain mutual feastings of brothers and neighbors, which not only incur a retribution in this life, but also condemnation hereafter. And these are celebrated by the general gatherings together of all, or the hospitality in turn of each one of the company. And they meet together that they may perpetuate foul deeds, and through excess of wine be provoked to all kinds of lustful pleasure. Chrysostom let us not then bestow kindness on others under the hope of return, for this is a cold motive, and hence it is that such a friendship soon vanishes. But if you invite the poor, God, who never forgets, will be your debtor, as it follows, but when ye make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Chrysostom. For the humbler our brother is, so much the more does Christ come through him and visit us. For he who entertains a great man does it often from vainglory and elsewhere, but very often interest is his object, that through such an one he may gain promotion. I could indeed mention many who for this pay court the most distinguished of the nobles, that through their assistance they may obtain the greater favor from the prince. Let us not then ask those who can recompense us, as it follows, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee and let us not be troubled when we receive no return of a kindness. But when we do, for if we have received it, we shall receive nothing more. But if man does not repay us, God will. As it follows, 
for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Bede, and though all rise again, yet it is called the resurrection of the just, because in the resurrection they doubt not that they are blessed. Whoever then bids the poor to his feast shall receive a reward hereafter, but he who invites his friends, brothers, and the rich has received his reward. But if he does this for God's sake, after the example of the sons of Job, God, who himself commanded all the duties of brotherly love, will reward him. Chrysostom, but thou sayest the poor are unclean and filthy. Wash him and make him to sit with thee at table. If he has dirty garments, give him clean ones. Christ comes to thee through him, and dost thou stand trifling? Gregory of Nisau, do not then let them lie as though they were nothing worth. Reflect who they are, and thou wilt discover their preciousness. They have put on the image of the Savior, heirs of future blessings, bearing the keys of the kingdom, able accusers and excusers, not speaking themselves, but examined by the judge. Chrysostom, it would become thee then to receive them above in the best chamber, but if thou shrinkest, at least admit Christ below. Where are the menials and servants? Let the poor man be at least thy doorkeeper, for where there is alms the devil durst not enter. And if thou sittest not down with them, at any rate send them the dishes from thy table. Origin. But mystically he who shuns vainglory calls to a spiritual banquet the poor, that is, the ignorant, that he may enrich them, the weak, that is, those with offended consciousnesses, that he may heal them, the lame, that is, those who have wandered from reason, that he may make their path straight, the blind, that is, those who discern not the truth, that they may behold the true light. But it is said, they cannot recompense thee, i.e., they know not how to answer in return. End of chapter 14, verses 1 through 14.